Hey, Life Church, I'm so glad to be with you uh, this morning, this afternoon, wherever you are. I'm Alex. I've been a pastor in the Life Church uh, ministry at uh, Livonia and Canton, and uh, I'm glad to be teaching the Word today. I'm glad to be with you. Um, I have a lot of joy, and I'm excited about what God has for us today. Uh, we're in the fifth week of our series, The Seven Realities of God, and we're going to be looking at the fifth reality today. But first, I want to start with a story. Uh, in the 90s, I was working at a Bear Lake Bible Camp, and we were building a ropes course. Uh, I had done a lot of team building training for years in different uh, career capacities, and, uh, uh, but I was going to do something I'd never done before. So we went to get certified, uh, me and my team, and we went to this camp um, that I'd never been to before, and I got to try this uh, element that I'd never tried before. It was called a pamper pole. And if you don't know what pampers are, they're diapers. And the reason why they call it the pamper pole is, yes, this, this kind of uh, element will uh, test you and you might lose some functioning of different parts of your, your body. Hence the need for pampers. It's also called the leap of faith. And I'd never done it before, even though I'd done a lot of different elements. So my team had me from behind. I was on belay, and I had a full body harness, and I had to climb this telephone pole, just these little rings, ring by ring, up 20, 30. I think it was a 40-foot pole. I think it was a 100-foot pole in my mind. <laughs> and I'm up there, and most of my team is younger than me, okay? So understand that. <clears throat> I'm trying to get on the top of this pole, and it is so hard. I've never, I thought this is one of the hardest things I've ever done. And you can't look backwards because you're facing toward your element. And so your team's behind you, and they're holding the rope. And so this is all about trusting your team. And I, I'm, I'm going, okay, should I just climb down now? Because that was an option. You can climb to the top, touch it, go down, all good. Or you can leap off the pole and hit the bell and trust your team to catch you. So I'm on the top of that pole, and I just yell out, have you got me? And they're like, yeah, we got you. And I, 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 I thought, okay, I'm going to do it. And I, I took this leap, and I jumped as hard as I could, and bing, I hit the, the bell, and I start to just fall. <laughs> I felt like I'm dead. And whoo, they caught me. And um, it tested uh, a lot of my limits, that event. And But one of the things it did is, is it... Um, built two things. Uh, one is it built my faith in my team that they had me. And two is it taught me a lot about God. Uh, because uh, the team had to be behind me because of the nature of the element. And I could only hear them kind of at a distance. And, and I feel like that's a picture of God. God's got us. And as we're on belay, as we're on his mission with him, we may not see him, but he's with us. He's supporting us. He's catching us. And he's challenging us to take the leap he has for us. And so as we look at today's topic, what's the leap of faith God has for you to take today? Where are you at a point of decision in your life? And God's saying, trust me with that. I want you to go down this path. You're at a fork in the road. Maybe it's with your finances and God's calling you to trust him more with your finances. And um, you're scared of that. Or maybe it's with a relationship and you're in a relationship and people are going, hey, this is unhealthy. I'm not, I, I'm worried about you or you're making some decisions here I don't like and you know deep down maybe that's true and you're at a fork in the road and God's saying, trust me with this. Um, maybe it's a, a decision you have with work and you came into this message today with a burden on your heart about a decision you have to make and you're wondering, 
I think God wants me to go this way, but I'm afraid if I go that way, everything will come apart. And uh, you have to trust God with this decision in your life. Maybe it's your parenting. Maybe it's serving in some way. And God is calling you to serve him in a greater way and uh, asking you to take that step of faith. What would it mean for you to take that leap of faith today? And what would be that one next step God's calling you to take? Another way of saying this is, what would it look like for you to obey God as you step out into the unknown of that decision today and go with God? Now, this shouldn't surprise us because this is the normal way God operates with his people. We have a culture where people go to church and that's kind of the thing. But the real adventure of God is God is inviting us to experience him as we join him in his work and and follow him uh, to do the things that only God can do. And as we're in week five of the seven realities of God, you can look up on the screen here. Today we're on on week five and I I just want to summarize these real quickly. Week one, and this is again how God always works. Jesus said, my father is... Uh, always working and I too am working. God is always working to make himself known to us, to make himself known to the world, to, to help people know his purposes and his ways and his will and to join him in that work. And he pursues a relationship with us because we, he created us in his image and he wanted us to experience the wonder, beauty, and adventure of advancing his good purposes on this earth, helping people come to know him and um, experience him and see our world change. And so he invites us into his work. And, um, and we get to, and he goes, I want you to join me on this. And he speaks to us through his word, through prayer, through circumstances, and the, and the Holy Spirit is active in our life. And uh, he's speaking to us through um, those different ways, uh, through his church, the community of people, the people of God. And when he speaks, when we become clear on what he wants us to do, some of those things are explicit in scripture. You never have to go, I wonder if God wants me to be, help make disciples. Yeah, go and make disciples, Jesus said. I wonder if God wants me to help reach people. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. But the fifth reality is where we kind of have the, the, the fork in the road. And people either get turn with God and go on the adventure with him, or they turn away and they miss out. And reality five is this. God's invitation for you and I to work with him leads to a crisis of belief that requires faith and action. As I say, God's goal is that we come to know him by faith and we join him in his work and that through that, the world experiences God's goodness and and God is revealed to the world and he moves with power. And so to do that, God gives us God-sized assignments. If he just gave us our assignments, we could do like most of life, people just walk without God and and there's no wonder or power in that. But God gives us a God-sized assignment that we can only do if we trust in him. And if we don't have help, we'll fail. And that's where the crisis of belief comes from. Now, crisis is a Greek word, and it means a little bit different. It's nuanced differently than we use it today. Crisis in the Greek means to decide. It's a decision point. It's a turning point. Are you at a turning point today? I promise you that turning point is in front of you or coming toward you. And it's a fork in the road where we either join God or we don't. And at that fork in the road, what we do is we decide what we believe about God. Is God who he said he is? Will he do what he said he would do? And, uh, and when we, our choice reveals what we believe. Our actions reveal what we believe. So how you and I respond at that turning point is the difference between whether you and I join God 
or miss out on what God has for us. And um, he's planned works in advance for you. Ephesians 2.10, and we're going to come back to this verse later, but it says one of the, that's an important verse for you and I because uh, it says you and I are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to what? To do good work. Do good works. Which God, when did prepare in advance for us to do? God has things he prepared for you to do. And he wants you to join him. And, it's, and that's the life God has for us. That's what he wants. This is so important. It's the regular pattern in scripture. I could give you example after example. We're going to look at Moses this morning. And uh, as Alex shared a couple weeks ago in Exodus, we read about Moses' life. And um, he, uh, he, God miraculously saved Moses uh, from being killed. Uh, he was a Hebrew, though most people didn't know. No one knew that. He grew up in an Egyptian royal household. So he grew up with wealth, power, education, and all kinds of leadership training. And as he grew into adulthood, he was burdened as he saw his people oppressed and beaten down and even killed by their oppressive slave master. The Egyptians ruled them with an with a iron hand. And so one day he decided to take matters into his own hand. And he saw an Egyptian beating and beating a Hebrew slave and he killed the Egyptian slave master, and he ended up running away for his life. He ends up in the desert for decades. And we have a sense that, that his relationship, there's something happening there with God, but eventually he has an encounter with God. And that invitation from God leads Moses to a crisis of belief. And that's our key thought for today. We're talking about a crisis of belief. And what happens with a crisis of belief? Well, a crisis of belief, first of all, results from an assignment beyond our ability. So Moses has this encounter with God and it's powerful, it's wonderful, it's beautiful at the burning bush. But then God says to him, look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. So God says, I hear the pain of my people. They're crying out your prayers. I want you to know as you cry out to God, he hears you. And he sees you and he sees his people. He hears his people in agony and he has a plan to deliver them. He says, now go for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. So he has a plan to deliver them and it involves Moses. And he gives Moses this assignment. And like most of us, and this is where you have to relate to Moses. We always see Moses as, as his final kind of transformed person, uh, but he's just like us. He protests to God. Look at this. He goes, and he, and, he, and he argues with God. He goes, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Moses is like, you're giving me this impossible task. And he gives some great excuses. And if you want to read all of them, read all of Exodus chapter 3. There's, it's awesome. And 4. But he gives all the excuses we give. He says, hey, God, I'm not good enough. Got it, God says, and he gives him a solution. I'll give it to you in a minute. He says, hey, I'm not ready. I don't, I, I'm not prepared. Uh, I don't, what if I fail? I'm afraid if I fail, what will happen? Um, I'm not skilled enough. I don't have what it takes. Hey, can you send someone else? And how much of us live our life hoping God's going to send someone else? And, he, and Moses says this, and God answers him and says, I will be with you. This is God's answer for everything. 
And it's the same answer he gives us today. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship me. You will worship God at this very mountain. God says, you're going to go on this arduous journey, but I want you to know, I I'm already have the end in mind. You're going to be with me. I'm going to watch out for you. I've got you in the palm of my hand. God promises to be with him. I will be with you. How about you? God sees the needs around you and I. And he is working around you and I, and he's calling you and I to join in his work individually and as a church. And he has a plan for transforming people's lives around us. And he's giving you an assignment and us an assignment. And as I said in Ephesians 3.20, the, the summary of that verse is you are a masterpiece on a mission. You are God's workmanship and so am I, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Right there, you have the full uh, uh, affirmation of Scripture that God has works that He prepared for you to do. Now the question is, are you doing those things? Are, are you ready to join God? And if you feel overwhelmed, that's okay. Everybody does. That's the whole point. We all hit a crisis of belief. I can remember when I was a young man, I just started following the Lord not long uh, before and Marcy and I were married and uh, we were praying about how God wanted us to maybe serve and the pastor of the church we were at in Detroit said would you consider uh, becoming our youth leaders for our for our youth ministry I'm like I don't know how to lead a youth group I I haven't been following Jesus for 10 minutes I mean it was more than 10 minutes but you know uh, and I felt overwhelmed by that. Like, how are we going to lead this? What do you even do to lead a youth ministry? But we sensed God calling us in that moment. And were we going to say yes and take the leap or say no and play it safe? And I will tell you this. We said yes because we sensed God doing it. And God showed up in such a powerful, powerful way. Um, I can't even tell you how, how God moved in so many people's lives who came up out of that youth ministry and have gone on to do great things for God. Not because of us because of God, but we said yes, and he, we got to join him in that. So a crisis of belief, what does it do? It, it's always going to be an overwhelming task or feel overwhelming to us beyond our ability. The second thing is it requires faith and action to respond. So Moses, look at this. Now, this is the deal, right? Moses look, hears from God. He makes all these excuses, just like us. And again, read chapter 3, Exodus 3 and 4. He argues with God. God gets a little bit uh, frustrated with him. And, uh, and I love that because he's just like us. So you know what? Hear from God. Talk to God. Pray. Invite others to pray with you. And, uh, but this is the beauty. What Moses does next reveals what he believes about God, not just about himself. Because all his excuses are about him. He's looking at himself to having to do the work. He's not looking at what God could do if God really joined him in that work. And that's part of what God's going to teach him in his journey as he develops Moses. And Moses goes on this adventure with God. What does Moses do next? It says, so Moses took his wife and sons, put them on a donkey, and headed back to the land of Egypt. In his hand, he carried the staff of God. Moses obeys God, even though he feels totally inadequate. Amen? Yes, you and I. And he does the next right thing. He's going to do some amazing things. God's going to use him to perform miracles and other things. But here's the deal. He only has to worry about the next right thing. And that thing is, I'm going to take my first step toward going where God told me to go. 
He's literally going to take one step of faith. And that's the whole, that's why we call it a walk of faith. What's your next step of faith? He goes where God tells him to go. He serves who God tells him to serve. He starts helping who God has for him to help. What's your next step of faith? You see, because if we say we believe God, then we have to do what God says. That's the continual message of scripture. James says it like this in James 2. Faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. He's saying you can say you have faith, but it's not real. If you, if you say I believe in God, but you don't do what he says, it's a lie. He said faith without action is dead. And what he's saying is this. What you do reveals what you truly believe about God, not just what you say. Your actions speak out what you and I believe. We ultimately live what we believe. So where do you sense God leading you to join him in his work? Where is God calling you to go today? And what would that next step look like for you? Where, where is God calling you to serve or help or lead or give? Where do you sense God leading us as a church you know, God's done a miraculous work here, a God-sized work, as he took this fledgling group that was left 18 months ago, 29 people, $8,000 in the bank, and wondering if this church is going to survive. And most people thought that we weren't going to survive. But there's a group of servants here, a group of leaders here, and uh, we just asked this question, is God done here with his work? And everybody felt the conviction, no. We don't know how God's going to show up, but he's not done here. And so people, the leaders in this church started praying and seeking God, fasting. And then we just started doing the next right thing. And you know what? God has built something beautiful today that's flourishing. This mustard seed is starting to pop out and all this fruit. And uh, I'll wait till the third point because I'm going to tell you about that in a minute. Uh, because... The third point that we are experiencing as a church too, where people are seeing God's movement. But I want to I want to read what Henry Blackaby says here in experiencing God. He just he summarizes this so powerfully. He says we face the same crisis Bible characters dealt with. When God speaks, He asks of us. Well, what He asks of us requires faith. Our major problem, however, is self-centeredness, and that's my main problem. And I'm guessing it's yours too, but we assume we have to accomplish the assignment in our own strength with our own current resources. And we think, I can't do that. That's impossible. And it is impossible in our own strength. We forget that God speaks, that when God speaks, he always reveals what he is going to do, not what he wants us to do for him. We join him so he can do his work through us. We don't have to be able to accomplish the task with our own limited ability and resources. With faith, we can confidently proceed to obey him because we know he's going to bring to pass what he purposes. Jesus indicated that what is impossible with people is possible with God. The scriptures continually bear witness that this is true. I found this to be true in my own life. And I could tell you story after story, in fact, and tell me more this week, and maybe we'll share some of those stories. But um, God is working, and he will provide the power and the resources to do what he's calling you to do. That's why we join him. We don't just go do it on our own. We join him in his work. So a crisis of belief, what? It results from an assignment beyond my ability. It's bigger than me. 
If God doesn't show up, it's not going to happen. And it requires faith that I believe God for who he is and what he's going to do and action that I actually do what he tells me to do. And the last thing is this, it reveals God to a watching world. God wants to uh, help people come to know him and see him and follow him and experience him. And that's what happens in Moses' life. And that's what happens with the story of Israel. It says in Exodus 14, And once again, he said, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. I have planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. After this, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites camped there as they were told. But the people of Israel had walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground as the water stood up like a wall on both sides. This is how the Lord rescued Israel from the hand of the Egyptians that day. And the Israelites saw the bodies of the Egyptians washed up on the seashore. When the people of Israel saw the mighty power that the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians, they were filled with awe before him. They put their faith in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Now, this is really, really important. And I wish we could talk about some of the side elements of this passage. But God reveals himself to the Israelites and to the Egyptians. They all get the same revelation. The Egyptians know God is working or they see this. And here's the really important thing. The Egyptians ignore God's revealing of himself and they die. So if I reveal to you, hey, there's this thing called gravity, and if you jump off that building, you're going to kill your, it's going to kill you, and then you jump off the building. You had a revelation, you ignored it, and you died because of it. Scripture says, my people perish for lack of knowledge, and part of that lack of knowledge is a lack of knowledge of God and what he's doing. So the Egyptians ignore the revelation and die. The Israelites receive the revelation, and they're saved and transformed. When God reveals himself, we also have another opportunity to put our faith in him and go with him or to walk away from him and miss out on what he has. So let me ask you this. Where is God calling you to take a leap of faith? What's that next step? As you're thinking about that, there's some obvious things. And, and when we talk about a God-sized assignment, the only thing I want to give a caveat here is you may say, well, I know what God wants me to do and it doesn't feel God-sized. You should still do it. For example, some of the most basic things in our life are, um, are commands of Jesus. And one person could have the same experience with something God says and, and one person feels like it's overwhelming and the other person doesn't. Maybe it's forgiving someone. Jesus says, I want you to forgive that person and release them and let them go, reconcile with them. Maybe it's to submit to something that you don't want to submit to. Maybe um, it's to serve in a way that you feel like is simple, but it, God is calling you to serve. What is that thing? And, if, and as you're thinking, and it, it is a God-sized thing, so maybe God's calling you to have impact in your workplace, the community, in the church. Check that it's God, which means Talk to people around you about it who are praying with you, your community, not the Christian community. As you read scripture, as you pray in circumstances, make sure it's God and then take the leap. What's the first step that do the next right thing? So where's God calling you to take that leap again? In your finances and you're thinking about that. You know what God wants you to do. What's that step? Take that step. 
or in that relationship. And even though it's hard, you, you need to have that conversation. You need to def- set some limits and, uh, or you need to uh, confront something that's wrong and, um, or you need to walk away from something and you know what it is and, and go with God on that. Or maybe it's serving. And here, if you're here in this church, God wants you to join him in his work here. That's why he called you here. And I want to invite you in to say, what's the thing God would have me do here to make a difference so we can make his glory known and we can advance his kingdom? Maybe it's leading a group. I remember for one person, they felt this God-sized thing. I had a, a young man who came to faith in Christ and had lived a really um, different, um, made, made a lot of bad choices. And he was growing like crazy. And I said, I think you need to lead, you know, start discipling some other people. He'd been following the Lord for a couple of years. He's like, oh, there's no way I could do, there's no way I could do that. But he took that step of faith. And I want you to know he impacted dozens and dozens of people who I never would have had an impact on. But because of his story, because of his brokenness, because of his hurts and how God had worked in his life, he was reaching whole groups of people I never would have had an impact on. And he said, this is one of the most life-giving things I've ever done. Thank you for having for pushing me to step out in faith. And I wonder about you. I wonder what God wants to do in your life if you would take that leap of faith. I want to close with a story because taking that leap of faith can feel so scary, like me on the pamper pole, right? And it can feel like sometimes if we do this thing, it'll tear us apart. Uh, the fear of the unknown can keep us from going with God if we let it. And it reminds me of a famous story, a true story about Chuck Yeager. Uh, Chuck Yeager is the pilot who broke the sound barrier. And after World War II, the U.S. and other countries were trying to get into space travel and they were trying to innovate some things, but they knew they had to break the sound barrier before they could get there. So Chuck Yeager was part of a team of people who was trying to break the sound barrier. And one of the things that happened is as the planes approached that sound barrier uh, over 700 miles an hour, the planes would shake and rattle and and some of the weaker planes that uh, couldn't handle that speed, they would break apart. So the U.S. built some stronger, tougher planes and and expecting they would be able to break through. And, um, but still the planes would shake and uh, and the fear was they might explode when they hit the, the sound barrier. And Chuck's boss, Colonel Boyd said this, No one knows for sure what happens until somebody gets there. Chuck, you'll be flying into the unknown. Chuck Yeager finally broke the sound barrier on October 14th, 1947, after nine attempts. And this is what he said. The quote-unquote unknown was a poke through jello. I used to eat a lot of jello as a kid. You know, you just boop. And uh, he said, all the wondering, the planning, and the anxiety, it really was a letdown because it ended up not being this big (laughs) explosive thing. And the thing he said is, was easier than we thought. And when we went through that door into the unknown, there were all these amazing things that we learned and experienced. And I wonder about you and I poking through the jello. Where is God calling you to step out and trust him and experience a whole new world. It doesn't mean an easier life. So let me be clear on that. Jesus never said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the easier or the easiest. Jesus said, I have come that you might have abundant life, a full life, experiencing God and walking with him. So what would it mean for you to take that next step and step into the unknown? 
and experience what God has for you. That's my prayer for you. My advice for you is poke through the jello. Take the leap and let's do the next right thing together. Let's pray. And maybe your leap today is inviting Christ Jesus into your life and receiving forgiveness of sins and putting your faith in him. If that's you, I want to invite you to pray with me right now. Lord Jesus, I've been living my life on my own and it's felt impossible. And there's so many things that I haven't done because of fear, things I think I should have done or, or maybe, um, and I felt uh, prompted to do, but I didn't do it and, and, I, and I've missed out on a lot of things. And Lord Jesus, I believe that's because I'm not, I haven't followed you. You're the God of the adventure. You're the God of life. And I, I'm surrendering my life to you now. I'm asking for you, Lord, please forgive me for my sins. Cleanse my heart. Put your Holy Spirit in my heart. And Lord, help me to join you in your work. Help me to follow you and obey you. And Lord, I just confess, I know that I don't have the courage, but help me day by day. Give me the strength and the courage to walk with you, follow you, and to poke through the jello, to take the leap, and to join you and experience the full life you have for me. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for the rest of our community that's gathered today. Help us, Lord, as we face this crisis of belief in our lives. And as you lay things on our heart that you want us to do, help us to know that the fear is normal. But Lord, you're calling us to trust you. And as we trust you, we grow in our faith. We grow in our experience and our knowledge of you. And Lord, we get to join you in the powerful, beautiful things you want to do in this world. Give us the courage to take that step individually and as a church today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I'm so thankful that you uh, joined me this morning. If you made a decision to follow, recommit, uh, commit or recommit your life to Christ, would you message us about that? And if you're ready to take your next step uh, in the church, please message us about that as well. God bless. Take care.